is Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. I am the aforementioned Tom Becca. I'm McGraw Millhaven. Those stories and more on Just Saying. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's already been used. 60 Minutes already used that. By the way, we should have done some more market research before we called this Just Saying. You realize that, right? Why is that? Uh, because last week after our inaugural uh, broadcast, our, our inaugural podcast, I went online to just, oh, that's just it. Just Saying, right? There's yeah. like 82,000 podcasts that are named Just Saying. So you're telling me that 82,000 people are using our Just Saying name? That's how big we are after one week? Yes. They're, they're, they're following our footsteps. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Internet, bunch of copycatters. <laughs> just, uh, saying, just Saying and more on the second edition of the podcast. So, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is only our second podcast. So if you're new to the podcast. Hold, hey, on, so hold on a second. It's lady and gentlemen, not ladies. It's not two ladies. Or two more, more than two people listening. It's hey, lady, and hey, guy out in Des Moines. It's not I, said, ladies. I said ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there's only one lady listening if we're lucky. There's really only one guy listening. It's not plural. I don't know about your following, but I think I've got more followers than that. You can call, we can be like Romper Room Joe, Sally, Steve, and Bob. Welcome to the podcast. Okay. All right. I, you I know. Brought, I write these ad libs down, by the way. <laughs> we don't do a lot of show prep beforehand, and primarily that's because I don't want to spend any more time talking to McGraw than I have to. <laughs> He's not joking, by the way. <laughs> but during our during the little bit of show prep that we did, you feel that you still want to go after the uh, daylight saving time, that you think the daylight saving time is uh, like the important uh, topic of the day. I really do. I really do. And here's why. First of all, it affects every single person in the United States. So no matter what else we talk about, right, nothing else touches every single person, affects every single person, every single thing we do. That's Unless what. you live in Arizona or Indiana, in that case, you're already on the same time year round. So it doesn't affect every person in America. We're not big in Arizona, so I don't, I don't worry about that. Um, are they on daylight saving or are they on standard time? I don't remember. My, uh, I got family in Arizona. My, uh, my nephews and my brother-in-law live in Arizona. And I never can remember if I one or two hours uh, you know, in front it's, of them. It, sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's I three. I don't, I don't know. Some, I, it's, yeah. it's, They're in Arizona, but they live on planet Neptune. So I try and avoid them as much as possible. So in that regard, it would be good to have a standardized time. Everybody's on the same time frame uh, year round. And uh, that way you sort of know, you don't have to worry if you got family in Arizona or Indiana, don't have to worry about, uh, you know, changing. Yeah, it, it, it sounds good in theory, right? This is one of these things with a Congress. Also, I have a problem when every single person in Congress agrees. I think they're all wrong. And when they all agree, then they're really wrong. Uh, little, little research has been done on the, well, actually quite a bit of research, but a little bit of research has been done for those who voted yes on it. This was tried back in the seventies where they had it on daylight saving time. So what it would be t right now, they want to keep this permanently. They've already done this. They did it in the seventies and it was so, um, poorly received that they rescinded it before the two year trial was over with. Everybody hated it. Sleep experts, scientists, they all agree. 
that there are three ways to do this. Either current daylight saving time all the time, standard all the time, or what we have currently, which is right back and forth in the fall and the spring. The worst of the three is this daylight saving. And if there was ever were a time, well, first of all, the, why? Because there are some people in the western part of a time zone, like, say, Minneapolis, right, the northern, the northern part of the furthest part of the time zone. In the winter, the sun's going to come up at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. You're already going to be at school for an hour, and it'll still be dark. And so why should somebody in Washington tell, tell the people of the state of Washington when the sun should come up? Shouldn't that be left to the individual state? Farmers like it differently than business people. Um, if, if you're in the northern hemisphere versus the, the southern part of the U.S., Right. All they can't change the tilt of the earth. It's a disaster. And we've your argument argument is your argument with this is, is that, I mean, you're taking this like really political and saying this is a state's rights issue. And that these Republicans who voted for a standardized daylight saving time are violating their own basic principle of states' rights. Well, that's one. That's that's one. I'm saying people love to talk about states' rights, but then have a standardized time, which doesn't make any sense because. We are all affected by the time differently, north, south, east, and west. So you can't have a standardized time with with a country this big. Well, I... And we tried it, and we hated it. It's not a standardized time, because you still have the different time zones, okay? And then the sun, regardless of what time it is, whether it's 8 or 9 o'clock or whatever, it's still, the sun's still going to rise and fall at that part of the state at that part of the time, regardless of what it says on the clock. I mean, the, the, the whole clock thing is, it's a concept. I mean, you know, let's, let's get into a heavy duty conversation, man. Hey, like really, when you get right down to it, what is time, man? I mean, like really, what is time? Well, okay. Yes. I understand you can go all meta on me or whatever, but the point is, We've tried this in the 70s. It was a disaster. I tried a lot of things in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, the 70s were, not, were, were a bad time. And if we all looked like you, we'd all realize how bad daylight saving is. It is, uh, we, we have not. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I tried so much stuff in the 70s. I don't recall what you're talking about regarding daylight saving time. <laughs> you. You had two seventies and jumped right to the nineties. You forgot the eighties. Uh, I'm telling you, man, this is a disaster. Farmers don't like this. Um, we, do you want kids going to school and going to, you want to wake up and, and go to work and have it be nine o'clock and still the sun is out as sun is down. This is crazy. Uh, and, and, and again, well, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think we 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 figured this out. Nobody really understands daylight savings versus standard. I don't know when it is. I just they tell me when to. What is time? Really? What is time? The only thing I know about time is that this segment has gone on way too long. That's the only so, thing I know about time. Yeah. Well, all I know is is mark the tape or the podcast. The podcast don't have tape. Mark the ones and zeros and mark my words. Two years from now, after long after our podcast has been canceled you're going to appreciate how right I was. <laughs> uh, I, I won't hold my breath. Um, but anyway, um, so we were talking also, we were talking beforehand uh, about real estate because you've, uh, you're, you're in the process. You, you want to you uh, buy a new home 
and and that and you're looking to build right and well so i'm i'm living in a um community and i want to move to another town and the only way to move to a new town is um, there's no houses for sale in this small town. But by the, way, by the way, when you say move to a new town, it's all in the St. Louis area. It's not it's like in the St. Louis. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. looking to move to like, you know, Poughkeepsie. No, or something. no, okay, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I, I live in University City and I'm looking to move to uh, Cottleville, Missouri. And um, uh, trying to buy a home right now is impossible. And... You talk to the, you, you, you put your house on the market, and now literally there are stories of people spending $75,000, over the asking price. Mm-hmm. You, try, you talk, to, talk to home builders, and I've talked to every home builder here in Missouri. They tell you that if you sign on the dotted line today, they maybe, maybe will have the house ready for you in 12 months. Yeah. Um, it's it is insane how um, there's you you can't how can they give you a price for a house if they don't know what the prices are going to be in a year how can i agree to a price if they can't give me a price and what are you looking to spend i don't know what's the what's the you you, you don't know what interest rates are going to be in in a year you don't know how much the houses are going to be in a year i mean this is a this is bonkers what you what's know- going on I, I'm, I'm also, uh, besides being a uh, re- nationally recognized podcaster and a commentator on during the news on the Fox 42 News at 9 here at Omaha, Nebraska, I'm also uh, with real estate. Do some real estate with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. What's uh, that phone number, just out of curiosity? If I wanted to buy a house in Omaha, what, 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 what number would I call? Uh, 402-321-9590. Okay, thank you. Be that as it may. Be that as it may, uh, the whole real estate market right now is crazy. I've talked to some agents that have been doing this their whole life. They've never seen anything like this. Um, my, um, uh, I have a client. I have a client that uh, bought a uh, starter home. By the way, if you're trying to buy a starter home right now, first of all, they're not making any more. They're not making any new starter homes. There's no money in making new starter homes. Uh, secondly, secondly, uh, a lot of investors are buying them up for rental properties. So if yeah. you're if you're just starting out, it's tough. But again, going back to the 70s, going back to the 70s, I recall, I mean, mortgage rates were astronomically high. And I recall being told, because I was in my early 20s, that um, people of my generation would never be able to afford buying a house. So who knows what it's going to be like another, you know, 5, 10, 15, 30 years down the line. But right now, if you're trying to start out, it's almost impossible. Um, because, uh, the inventory is not there and, uh, the, the prices are just astronomically going through the roof. Well, I mean, think about, you go to a store and you want to buy a gallon of milk, right? And the suggested retail price is three ninety five, right? But when you get there and you get to the checkout line, the woman says it'll be $9 for the, for the, for the gallon of milk. Right. You'd be like, how many? Well, this is a, this is no way to buy groceries. This is how we're buying a house. By the way, when you start off the conversation by talking about a gallon of milk and then have the suggested retail price, uh, you know, it's, it's like it's like, it's like a car dealer. We, we sell every gallon of milk, just five dollars over uh, invoice. I mean, yeah. sorry, I, w- I was asking. I was watching the price of right before. Is that what you were doing? Is that, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I know that it, it, it's well. 
We'll get through it. It always do. It always works its way out. The marketplace will figure things out. As, as mortgage rates are inching higher, that sort of takes some people out of the market. It's also going to improve the inventory. There'll be more inventory out there. What was the I first time? What was the, my first home in Omaha, when I bought that home 20 years ago in Omaha, I had a five-year arm. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I remember thinking to myself, I stole this money. It was so cheap. It was a five-year arm at 6.5%. Yeah, I might. Yeah, I know. And uh, what did it, what did it go to after the five years? Oh, it fluctuated, but it could only go up or down uh, two points. Okay. So I signed on. It could have gone up to uh, what was eight point five or four point five. Yeah, yeah. My my first one. Of, of course, I bought my house. I bought my house late in life. Being in radio, you move around a lot. I didn't. I didn't buy my first house until I was in my uh, mid forties. And uh, then it was six and a half percent was my mortgage rate on that. <laughs> and I remember, and I remember at six and a half percent, people telling me that it was a steal. You know, yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is cheap money. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it's crazy, man. It imagine your parents uh, imagine you buying a house with 13 percent interest on your house. I mean, that's bonkers. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I know. It's um, but. Uh, <laughs> That's what it was back then. Well, well and first, then, every, when and then house, first when you bought a house back then, you know, I think I think my um, my parents' first house, I think way back, you know, we're talking here now, the uh, you know uh, mid fifties, early sixties. I think my parents' first house cost them about one hundred and seventy five dollars. You know, I mean, it was well, like, yeah, but I mean, but that was relative to the to the to the to the salaries there. They yeah. were making. that that's all that. What What's amazing though is every single the minute you heard COVID and a pandemic, the first thought wasn't. I need to put on a mask. The first thought was, let me buy a house. That was the first thought of every single person who didn't own a house. So you can't finish a house because they can't find garage doors. Um, imagine, imagine you can't. I mean, it's the nuttiest thing in the world, the other things they're running low on. Well, you know, that's it too with me doing uh, real estate. If, uh, if I've got a house that I've listed and I need some work done on it, anymore we don't finish the work beforehand we just show, show them receipts that the work has been ordered and paid for because i matter of fact you mentioned garage doors i had a condo needed a, needed a new garage door but the garage door wasn't going to be there for another you know five or six months which also goes to my own personal thing here i need a new storm door i need a new storm door my storm door just the way my luck is is that it doesn't fit the um uh the standard uh, size. So I have to have my storm door custom made, right? So a storm door that would cost me about $400 is now going to cost me like $950. And I've already been wait- I've already waited over a month and it'll be another month and a half to two months before they can even think about it getting here. So it's just, yeah. Well, this is riveting conversation. I know Tom's, we're just, we're just, we're just up the audience. Left Tom's the storm door. There we go. I thought we were going to talk politics with uh, Eric Greitens, the news in uh, St. Uh, Louis. We did, yeah, I know, but we got into other stuff. So, um, yeah, um, you're in St. Louis. You're in Missouri. You got Eric Greitens there who was, um, made the news here because his ex-wife is saying some nasty things about him, right? Well, when last we left you last week, we were talking and we were making fun of who has, who has worse politicians. And in these seven days since our last conversation, uh, Eric Greitens, who's running for the United States Senate, in, in Missouri, who had to resign in disgrace after it came to light that he had an affair with his hairstylist in the Central West End and um, got quite physical with her uh, after depositions were taken. 
um, got divorced from his wife. His wife moved to, to uh, uh, Austin, Texas, and took their two boys. He's now decided to run for United States Senate. He's leading in every single re- Republican poll. He's leading all the other candidates. So he's the front runner. Uh, yesterday came out that his wife, listen to this, his, his wife files a court document uh, wanting to change the venue of their uh, divorce and their um, parental agreement and their you know, custody battle from Missouri because neither one of them live there anymore to Texas where she lives. He's running for United States Senate and she says he's living in New York and Florida and Arizona. Oh, and spending a couple nights in Missouri. So we should have this heard in Texas. Not to mention he's, according to her, uh, she, she's been worried and tried to keep guns out of his hand because he, he might become too violent. He punched and slapped the kids. He was abusive to her. I mean, this is unbelievable. This just dropped yesterday. And my premise is this. I don't really think this is going to affect the primary race in any way. I don't think scandals matter anymore. I think that people have already made up their minds. And if you're on team Eric Greitens and this, and you hear this, you believe that it's fake. You believe she's under the guise of Mitch McConnell. You think that they're just coming after this guy and you love him no matter what you hear. Well, I think you're right. I think part of the problem is the whole primary system uh, because the whole primary system is all messed up. All you have to do is, um, you know, win from your win your base. I mean, here in Nebraska, we've got a governor's race going on right now. And the leading contender leading contender is uh, uh, January 6th pro Trump guy. Trump has endorsed him. Uh, he was with Trump on January 6th and the night before, you know, uh, where the, when matter of fact, some text messages came out that he was uh, texting his, his staff during the insurrection. He was on his way, he had left D.C., and I think was heading down to Florida or something, but his staff was texting him and saying, uh, yeah, they have stormed the Capitol. And he said something to the effect of, uh, yeah, we were uh, sort of expecting this. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically, basically what he said. Um, we're talking here about the guy's name is Charles W. Herbster, who has most of his business dealings in Missouri. Uh, He does have some businesses here in Nebraska. He is from Nebraska originally, has a place here in Nebraska, but he's got a big mansion in Missouri as well. You know, guys, guys self-funding his campaign, got more money than, you know, probably more money than Trump, in all honesty. Um, Because who knows how much money Trump has. I I know it ain't as much as he says he has. Uh, But anyway, so, and he's the leading contender now for governor. And has had no platform whatsoever, no platform whatsoever. He just uh, knows that uh, Donald Trump loves him. Kellyanne Conway is his campaign manager, and uh, he's leading in the polls right now. Number two in the polls is a candidate who really is just so, so bad in front of the public that he's having Larry the Cable Guy do his uh, TV ads. Oh, we like him. We like Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, who doesn't like Larry the Cable Guy? So yeah, Larry the Cable Guy doing his TV ads, uh, which so makes is him... he endorsed? Is he endorsed by yeah. Larry the Cable Guy? Yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry the. Yeah, we got we got one guy running for governor who's been <laughs> endorsed by Larry the Cable Guy, and the other one who's been endorsed by that clown Donald Trump. In the meantime, we've got the third candidate, who like is the one that 
he's a Republican. Guy's got common sense, a decent guy. Oh, a rhino, a real rhino. Yeah, he's a real yeah, he's rhino. One of, the, one of those liberals. But the point I'm getting here with the with the primary system is that, uh, you know, for primary, you got to just appeal to that base. And the problem, especially here in Nebraska, is that whoever wins the Republican primary for governor is 99% sure they're going to become the governor. So yeah. our general election is being held during the primary, and only Republicans can vote for the candidates. And people don't really vote during primaries anyway. So our governor is going to be elected by a handful of people. And, you know, and, and as, as far as your point with the base, if you get your people to like your people, no scandal is going to no scandal is going to hurt you. Well, you know what? I, I thought about this and, and um, nothing I say here. Retweets do not mean an endorsement. Um, but how about this? A lot of people have come out and said that this guy should resign from the race. This guy is now being alleged to have beat up his wife and his kids. And you read this nine page court document. I mean, it breaks your heart. The kid comes home with a loose tooth and mommy says, what happened? And he says, daddy punched me. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. Um, but they're allegations, right? Mm -hmm. And people are saying he should, he should, uh, Republicans and Democrats say, and Josh Hawley, the sitting senator and others have said he should resign and get help. Well, isn't that a form of cancel culture? Shouldn't the voters sort of decide this? And shouldn't the people think that the sm voters are smart enough to uh, read this document, make their own decision, and then make the best choice? Well, I agree. I agree with what you're saying there. And in, in effect, really what you're saying is that the ballot box is the ultimate cancel culture. Yeah, right. Uh, so I, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. I guess what I find to be so interesting is that things like this used to be automatically dismissed, right? I mean, I mean, dismiss if you were out of it. Things you like this, shame. you were out of it. I mean, hell, what, um, uh, you know, you had, um, oh, who was, actually, he was from Missouri, I believe, the, the vice, president, vice presidential candidate who admitted that he went to see, uh, like, a psychiatrist, and he had to drop out of the race. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Tom Eagleton. Yeah, Tom Eagleton. You you know, I mean, and, and now you got a guy that obviously needs, well, allegedly needs help from a psychiatrist, doesn't get the help, and he's the front runner. You know, we've got a we've got a guy here in um, in Nebraska. Actually, I think Tom Eagleton admitted that he had like shock treatment or something. Yeah, that's right, in, he did. Yeah, yeah, back in the seventies, and that was shocking. Um, yeah, no, that's a, a a good point. My point today, I made on the radio, which was this was. How come there are people I had this conversation with somebody who was uh, just laughing and so glad that that scumbag Andrew Cuomo stepped down because he was so disrespectful to women and and I, he deserved to step down. And and I said, oh, so so you think Donald Trump should step down? No, no, no. Donald Trump. No. And I was like, well, why do you believe Andrew Cuomo's accusers, but not Donald Trump's accusers? Why do you believe Eric, uh, you don't believe Eric Wrighton's accusers, but you do believe Clinton's ac accusers. So this whole, this people complain about cancel culture, but they only support, no matter what your guy does, you're defending him. No matter what the other guy does, I want him taken out. Well, look, that's, that's, it's that's, insane. That's human nature though. Okay. I mean, you know, look, uh, people do this all the no, time. No, no, no. Years ago, years ago, people would say, you know what? Um, I like the guy, but what he did was unacceptable, right? There was some sense of shame. There was some sense of honor. 
that when, when, a, when a politician messed up or was caught in an inappropriate, they would say, you know what, I, this is terrible. I need to go take care of my family. I shouldn't be running for office. I'm bowing out. Now you never admit anything and you get a, a portion of people who will believe you no matter how crazy you are. Well, I would say that back then it was more along the lines of um, the uh, par political parties felt like if you had that kind of a scandal behind you, that there was no way you would get elected. Uh, well, the political were, parties could actually had some power there. Yeah, the parties had more power to get these guys out. Whereas now uh, the parties don't have as much power and B, uh, those sorts of things don't necessarily mean you won't get elected. And uh, and so they're, they're staying in. I mean, look what happened with Donald Trump. You would have thought after the grab him by the pussy comment, you would have thought that, boy, that would have automatically uh, eliminated any candidate. Right. But it didn't. But it didn't. And so now people don't have to feel that they're accountable anymore for any of this stuff, because as long as they just keep on, you know, saying whatever their truth is, I'll say that being more along the lines of whatever their lie is, as long as they keep saying it and their base keeps on believing it, they're going to get elected. And that's part of the problem. Well, I, well, I will say this. I don't think Republicans have the corner on the market of insanity. These progressives are just as insane from the other side. Oh, I don't, and, I don't disagree. And, and, and they, I mean, it's just like the opposite side of the same coin. Um, we're going through something here with the mayor of uh, the city in which it doesn't matter what the truth is, whatever they want to believe the truth will be, that will be the truth. And it's, 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 it's the rest of us in the middle who, you know, want to lean a little left, a little right, you know, you know, I, you think we should have standardized time. I don't think we should. Right. I mean, those are normal positions to take and debate and whatever else. Um, these other people have sort of lost their mind and we're all following the crazy. Well, yeah, but that again goes back to how our primaries are because the crazy people get out and vote in primaries, and therefore, you know, those are the people that end up getting elected. Well, but you we also had, we had a different also... primary system. We had a different primary system, maybe a ranked choice voting system, or some other form of uh, uh, voting that would get more people involved in the primaries, so that you wouldn't just go for the extreme so much. Maybe things would be a little bit better. Well, you've also got the gerrymandered districts. True. And you, I understand you've got the primaries, but even in local, in, in the city and county elections, you have primaries in like April and the general in May. So, I mean, who's paying attention in April and May? So you, you think a regular primary garners a little bit of attention. Try, try some of these city primaries and stuff. The whole, the whole thing is garnered uh, to get people not to vote. And this, this, when you talk about voter suppression, is the biggest voter suppression. They don't want people voting in primaries. They want as few people as possible to vote in primaries on both sides because a less educated electorate is good to pull the wool over the eyes of some as opposed to pulling the, the wool over the eyes of more. Which is why they have gone and criticized the media. And yes. you can't believe the media. Yeah. Because if you can get people to believe, you can't believe what's really before their eyes. I mean, these people, the Republicans that have said that January 6th was what? Regular uh, political discourse? I right. mean, come on, you know, it's like. It was Antifa. Uh, it was Antifa. Well, dressed up as Trump supporters or the FBI was involved or, I mean, the whole thing, by the way, by the way, I will say this one thing I will, I will say that is, gives me some optimism. Um, you know, the Trump appointed judges, 
are involved in these uh, January 6 cases. Yeah. And they're making good judgments. Uh, the same thing is true with this case here about our, our congressman that lied to the FBI. He's before a Trump judge, and the judge is going by the letter of the law. As we're looking here at the Ketanji um, Brown-Jackson um, hearings that are going on for the Supreme Court justice, looking at these, I do think that even though the political theater that's going on and Ted Cruz, oh my goodness, that guy asking her if kindergartners are being taught critical race theory, I just you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Yeah, I made this stuff up. But even though that, I will say I, this, I will say this. I was watching some of the uh, hearings this afternoon. Yeah, that was the best afternoon nap I've had in a while. Holy <laughs> mackerel! It was, <laughs> they're asking her a, a question that lasts seven and a half minutes. I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's just insane. Um, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, no, I well, you know, I I was listening to him on on the radio and on uh, this afternoon once in my car. And the same thing, you're right. It's like, okay, um, you know, you said you said, and I think a sentence out of context from something they said in college, and then um, you know, have her try to explain that and defend herself. And well, stuff. right, and and trying to explain a sentence from a case from six years ago that lasted three months. I mean, how are we supposed to get? I mean, it's it's so ridiculous. So the Democrats, the Democrats are just as bad. It's oh, like, absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. they went after. Uh, they went after uh, um, uh, uh, Kavanaugh, right? Like he was supposed to remember a high school party from 1985. I, 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 you know, I get that that was emotional, but if you don't remember the 70s, how is somebody supposed to remember a high school party from 1985? Um, it's crazy. It's it's like the old story where the wife comes home early and goes up into the bedroom and sees her husband having an affair with a neighbor down the street. Right. And is the, the neighbor woman, hot. I don't, I don't, I didn't ask that part of this. So. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, so the, the wife runs out of the room, right. And the husband follows her and she, he, she says, I can't believe you're having an affair with me. And the husband says, what are you talking about? I'm not having an affair. And she says, I saw you in our bed having sex with the neighbor down the street. And he says, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. She says, I was just there. I saw you. He says, are you going to believe me or are you going to believe your lying eyes? <laughs> right? I mean, you just keep denying and you'll get enough people who will believe you. Hey, you, you lost me when you didn't know if the neighbor was hot or not. But um, the... Uh... Really? <laughs> nothing. Really? No, nothing. No response to that. Okay. Uh, well, look, the whole country. Stop got being sexist. Stop we being don't, sexist. To, don't need to go back over, go over the old, uh, you know, the last five years about gaslighting and everything, because we've already been over that. And there's always going to be. And here's the other thing, too. Most people are fairly normal, but they don't get the attention. So we do pay attention to the crazies on both sides. And that's, that's true. That's, and that's our fault. To, that's actually our fault in the media. We, yeah. we do some crazy politician says something stupid just to get a rise out of us, gets the rise out of us, and then all of a sudden they're famous. And then they raise all this money from the crazies. If you're going to criticize the media, we do a terrible job. We seek out the crazy for the crazy comment and then give, give, give them air and breath and, and flight. I will say you're half right. I think you also have to blame the consumers of the media because the consumers of the media eat that stuff up. No, you're right. 
and therefore, therefore, it's a symbiotic relationship. If, if the public, if the public demanded more from their elected officials, more intelligent discourse and less um, craziness, we'd probably see less craziness, and maybe be uh, maybe maybe you'd be able to take uh, better, longer naps. Having said that, we've already gone past our half hour time that we were going to do. So really. Yeah, no, it, it just so no, it, it, did we really go by, or was it daylight savings and the clock jumped ahead one hour? And there's a call back to our first topic. Hey. There you go. Hey, I'm McGraw. It's always a good time talking to you, my friend. And, uh, hey, if you're uh, still uh, listening, uh, go and uh, uh, subscribe, like this. Every Thursday, there'll be a brand new podcast out. Uh, we are just one of the 82,000 Just Saying podcasts out there. Uh, Becca and Millhaven, Just Saying. Bye-bye. Huda Media Production.